We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN. Featuring No Other Pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright. And Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it. What's up, soccer fans? Welcome to another episode of Soccer Talks here on KC Sports Network. I'm Allie Trost-Martin, your host, and so excited today to have my friend Boyce Richardson on the show. He is a member of the KC Gooners and was an integral part in starting KC Gooners. And if you're wondering what that is, you'll find out more um, when he joins the show here in just a couple of minutes for our interview. But basically, it is the KC supporters group for the team Arsenal in the English Premier League. And I thought that this would just be a cool opportunity to talk a little bit more about that culture here in Kansas City through the lens of the Casey Gooners and everything that they're doing. There are, are of course, other groups here that support other teams, but they're not as good. I'm kidding. They're great. But uh, as a recent member of Casey Gooners within the last year, um, I can attest to just how awesome the community is what a cool experience it's been getting to go down in johnny's and power and light and watch the games um on weekend mornings or sometimes during the week as well and uh yeah was just like curious to unravel a little bit more of, of how this whole thing started and so voice was the perfect person for the job to come on um you're gonna really enjoy this conversation and then learn a little bit more and if you have any questions um reach out at casey gooners to learn more and uh soccer it's growing it's on the up and up and this is a great way to expand your soccer fandom if you are looking to and uh, get into some EPL. Or if you already watched some EPL and you want to have a team that you are loyal to, um, maybe this will help kind of uh, inspire some of that. So with that said, we will uh, get set to welcome in voice. But as always, this show is brought to you by our friends at Emprise Bank. You can open an account with Emprise Bank in less than just five minutes and the savings just start there. Emprise is a trusted partner with a variety of products and services to help you achieve all of your goals. So don't be tethered to a brick building. Start a meaningful relationship with a bank that has your best in mind. And with that, now joining the show, please help me in welcoming Boyce Richardson, a good friend, and Casey Gooner here to talk all things American supporters groups, stateside, cheering on teams in other countries. And I'm pretty new to this. This is my first year. Arsenal 
maybe not uh, the best results as of late, but it's it's been a good year overall. And I'm the, I'm a first year Arsenal supporter, so call me a bandwagon fan. Call me a supportive spouse who's just uh, aligning with my husband's team and using it as an opportunity to just spend more time. It's been a great experience. I say that jokingly and working. Um, not working. We're not like doing anything. We're just going and drinking beer and watching soccer, uh, cheering on Arsenal with a great group of Arsenal supporters here in Kansas City. And this guy right here, Boyce Richardson, has uh, been a integral part of it all. So, Boyce, how are you, especially after that Man City game? That was really hard. You know I'm well. It's hard. It's hard to stop the machine. It's hard to stop a player like Erling Holland who scores 35 goals in one Premier League campaign. And I think another 15 in the Champions League as well. You know, we were riding a high for a little while, but it's easy to forget that last year we finished fifth and the year before that we finished eighth. So even making Champions League this year was sort of above and beyond perhaps expectations given the way that last season tailed off. But I am feeling quite well. Um, I was at the Everton match last year in late May when we faded from Champions League contention and ended up ending, finishing in fifth. Uh, this year I'll be at the Wolverhampton match at the end of May and we will at least be finishing second. So no complaints on my end. Yes, there is a lot to be excited about with Arsenal this year, which is why it's been a fun first year to get into kind of the fandom of, uh, fandom of it all. Tom and I got a chance to travel to London at the end of last year and go to a couple of games, which was an unbelievable experience. Shout out to you for helping coordinate a bunch of that because that was just so exciting. And it also like just sparked even more curiosity. Like, who is this voice guy? How does he have this like, random connection here we go to this guy's house pick up our tickets he walks us to the stadium like what is life like this is something that you wouldn't necessarily do if you're going to a game in america like it's the, on the same level of if you were connected um with an nfl fan in a different city and they're like oh yeah i just come by my flat beforehand i'll walk you guys over to the game it's just it's a different culture there's there's so much uniqueness around it so i want to start before we get into casey gooners and and everything happening here at Kansas city how did you become a fan of this team. How long has this been a thing in your life? Uh, take us back to the very beginning. All right. So this all starts in 2006. Um, wow. And as with many things in the soccer world these days, it starts with a little bit of misery from the U.S. men's national team. Um, I was watching the 2006 World Cup and uh, this young guy with long flowing hair that played for the Czech Republic scored an absolute rocket against the U.S. men's national team in group play in 2006. Uh, and that player ended up being Tomas Rzyski, uh, who ultimately went on to play for Arsenal. That was actually the summer in which he transferred into the Arsenal lineup, which was sort of the intriguing entry point for me. And then the follow-up to that was actually Bill Simmons released a list on page two, I think is what it was called back then, when he was still associated directly with ESPN, where he went through and kind of analyzed soccer teams and their direct comparisons within the United States as far as, I don't know, Manchester United as the Yankees and kind of talked about who supported them, what their history was, and connected with Arsenal through that. And at that time, I mean, you're talking probably 2008-ish. Now, you had Fox soccer coverage kind of coming into the fold as far as that's concerned, but being able to access those matches was much more difficult. And kind of as that relationship progressed matches became a little bit easier to see and that access sort of generally led to the creation of Casey Gooners and some initial discussions with Johnny's and with two other individuals that I can talk a little bit more about later when we get into the formation of the group but that was sort of the nascent period 
of my interest in Arsenal, and then it sort of blossomed into a full love affair with Cesc Fabregas, um, sort of later on, and then Santi Cazorla and a number of other players. But that's that's sort of the origin story. So it's interesting because I I guess I just would have assumed since you go to London so frequently that it would have just come about because you happened upon a game and fell in love with it. I mean, we had Susanna Collins on the other week and her love of Liverpool originally started when she was abroad studying there and and kind of wanted to go against the grain and be a fan of a team that the people that she was around, you know, weren't a fan of it. And, you know, of course, then just fell in love and now has uh, become like a diehard fan of, of sorts. So, so yours just started out of pure talent observation and curiosity, it sounds like. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that one of the other benefits that comes from that is that it's not associated with the period in time in which Arsenal were dominant. Yeah. So obviously in the early 2000s, that was a team like people that grew up in the United States that really idolized Duke. I don't know why you would ever do that, but most of them were big fans in the late 90s when Duke was ultimately very successful. So you were getting in some sort of the ground floor of a team that had progressed into a new stadium that was having some financial difficulties that was trying to maintain an old model of play and an old model of payment in terms of a sustainable model, uh, one in which they weren't just injecting billions of dollars from foreign billionaires into the team. Uh, it all kind of met up with a value structure for me. And then, you know, that sort of progressed into the creation of Casey Gooners. And then my first trip to London actually was a decade ago. Uh, I went over in 2013 for my 30th birthday, and we'll not get into what that means 10 years later. But uh, so I have now been attending matches with that same group of people that I randomly ran into uh, sort of through some crazy twist of fate in April of 2013. Um, but that was four or five years into this whole process. Okay, so the creation of Casey Gooners came before your first trip to London then? It actually is what like the kit. It's the point of connectivity, actually. Without Casey Gooners, I would not have this relationship with the the people that are basically my satellite family in London, where I stay for free, like a couple blocks away from the Emirates. It's been sort of life changing and, and affirming. And Arsenal has kind of given to my life a lot more than I would have ever expected in 2009. But yeah, Casey Gooners. I, I think we'll basically trace it back to the 20 not 2009 2010 season and some discussions that I had with two individuals named Davey Colgan and the one and only Nate Bucati. I love that Nate is like at the center of all of this. I mean, and at some point I'll have Nate on to dive into his um, soccer origin story, if you will, because as we know, that wasn't always uh, a sport that he like grew up loving, but like right. grew into loving it, which is almost better because I think you're more passionate about things that maybe you weren't just like like that you chose to love, right? Like you're choosing this as something that's going to become a big part of your life. And so for you, tell me about those early days of the Casey Gooders, how it came together, what the intent was, um, and then just to tack onto that, like what it's kind of become today. So I would argue that Casey Gooders owes a lot to the American outlaws. Um, that, that's something that's always been very clear. We share a pub. So th there's a reason that we share Johnny's Taverns. Um, and just to yeah. jump in there, the American Outlaws, for anyone who doesn't know listening, is the supporters group for the U.S. men's national team. So anytime you go out to a game, whenever the men's national team or women's national team is in town at Children's Mercy Park, they're the ones banging the drum, making the noise, and uh, they're awesome. 
Yeah. So I was living in the Western Auto Building in 2010 when I moved back to Kansas City, uh, I believe in August of that year. And I'd gotten to know Nate through Twitter, although my Twitter account is presently inactive. Um, this is a long story that doesn't need to be covered here. But the reality is that uh, he and I got together. I knew Davey Colgan. He used to work at Boulevard. And, you know, as we progressed into the 2011, 2000, well, the 2010-2011 season, um, we started having watch parties at my apartment in Western Auto. So on the second floor, overlooking the train tracks in Kansas City, Missouri, I would just invite uh, random Arsenal fans over to watch matches in the morning on Fox Soccer. Davey would bring over Boulevard beer, and we would just have de facto sort of like quasi-watch parties at my apartment. And, you know, it's funny to think of how that progressed. Obviously, Fox Soccer was only showing the bigger matches, so I can think of, like, the Arsenal versus Chelsea's, but that was also the season in which we lost 8-2, to two, I think, to Manchester United. There were some rough spots in the context of, of that campaign. And it actually ultimately ended... The furthest south Casey Gunners watch party that has ever been held was at the old 8-10 zone for the 2011 League Cup final that we lost in ignominious fashion when Laurent Koscielny and Wojciech Szczesny had a mix-up at the back. And Obafemi Martins, who ended up playing for the Seattle Sounders, uh, scored a game-winning goal, and we lost a cup final. Um, and then in the aftermath of that, there was a, a, this wonderful individual at Johnny's Tavern's P&L named uh, Nick McMillan, who is so intrinsically responsible for the soccer scene here. He was the one that created and established that relationship with the American outlaws. But he became a friend of mine through that process. And then I contacted him one day and said, listen, um, there's no way for us to get every match because at that point, it just wasn't a possibility to have all 38 matches for watch parties. But for the big matches, would you be interested in, in opening Johnny's early and allowing us to come in? And, and, you know, he was very, very, very helpful because, you know, in the beginning, you were talking about eight to 10 people that were there sometimes at six 30 in the morning. Uh, you know, they just needed to have a bartender. He gave us a great beer special and they kind of coalesced around that. And then now, uh, for the 2015 FA cup final, which is actually the banner photo on our Twitter account, I think we had somewhere between 250 and 300 people. Um, we have had good days and bad days, supporters clubs in this city as in every other city, ebb and flow with the success of the team this year attendance has been incredible you know i have people show up there before i do but there have been times where we played west brom at 6 30 in the morning on a saturday and it was me and my vice chair of casey gooners brent anderson and donuts and the bartender and we were just sitting there there were days that i would get in my car and i would drive by and look through the windows at johnny's about two minutes after kick just to make sure that there were bodies in the restaurant so or in the pub so that I could have somebody to watch the match with and I wasn't just moving myself from my couch where I could watch alone to a bar where I could watch alone. You know, it's nice to have an excuse to drink at 6.30 in the morning, but I can still <laughs> do that on my couch too. That is like one of the just wild parts about one, you know, obviously there's a, a time difference, right? Like six hours, I think it is, seven hours. Right, six hours in, in London. I think we hit daylight savings time a little bit early and it becomes five hours for a little while. But yeah, it's generally. Six. Yeah. But it's like just enough where it's like those those earlier kicks in London are, like you said, at 6 a.m. here in 
in the in the U.S. But like whether Tom and I are making it over to Johnny's or not, like we're waking up and watching these games. Now there are sometimes, especially if I had to work the night before, like I'm sleeping in. Sorry, like I'll I'll watch the highlights after the fact. But it is amazing, like that dedication and that that passion and love for it, and takes us to a larger conversation, right? About like soccer in the U.S. because like there are a lot of fans who maybe don't have a team in MLS or a team that they root for on a consistent basis here, but they're still diehard fans. They know the game. They love the game. I was so impressed being over in London, hearing how intelligent the conversations about what was happening on the field were that were happening around us. You know, you throw in a couple of uh, expletives as well, but you know, there was a high level of engagement and passion that, that I think is only continuing to pick up here um, in the U.S., Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Over the last decade of, you know, plus, how much have you seen that um, that growth where maybe the someone who wasn't necessarily into the game as much, maybe their entry point, the entry drug for them, if you will, was an EPL team, but then that's now expanded. Have you seen a lot of that? It happens a lot. You know, I mean, I think one of the things that I've always loved about European soccer and Arsenal specifically is that the supporters around the world are an incredibly diverse entity. You know, Kansas City Gooners started off very, very small, but our membership includes uh, people, different sexual identities, different ethnicities, different cultural backgrounds. It's always been that way. You know, we are a panoply of people and it's incredible to be able to have that experience. And, you know, it started out with more men and it's transitioned into having increasingly more women, which we've been very, very excited about. And, you know, at the same time, to a delayed stage, women's soccer has has sort of followed the same pathway. So it's delayed by about 10 to 15 years, but now there are relationships between you know the, the women's Super League and Barclays, and there are broadcast contracts with Paramount. So those matches are now becoming more and more available to where the thing that's always been most important for a supporters club in the United States is just consistency. So when we know when the matches are on, we know they're going to be available. We know we can broadcast them. For women's soccer, for the longest time, the issue was that it could be on any multitude of channels and there was no certainty. And I, I think that that's sort of been the progression. I think people definitely take that element and, and they get it in as like sort of an entry drug. 
and go to the Premier League. And then they they develop relationships with their local clubs or they develop other alternative relationships with teams in other countries. It's been sort of a beautiful thing to see, but the nature of those relationships and the increasing diversity of Kansas City Gooners as a collective has been something that I've been incredibly pleased with. So for anybody listening that like wants to get involved, what all goes into being a part of Casey Gooners? What is like your specific role? Do you guys like go out and try and uh, attract more members like actively? Or is it just something that like, hey, we've established this thing and now word of mouth just kind of brings in people out there? So social media has been a big, big factor in all of this. Um, there are certain groups within the United States, at least within an arsenal context, that actually don't have relationships with Arsenal America. One is Arsenal New York. I believe the other one is Arsenal Philadelphia. But the other branches under the Arsenal America banner are all part of a collective whole. And that has been very helpful in terms of getting input from other branch managers, having those connection points to be able to ask them about things. You know, early on, when we were creating scarves, the first Casey Gunner scarf that was ever created was by an individual named Mark Katfer before Brent Anderson came in as sort of the vice chair and the creative hub for the group. And we had to do prepayment for that scarf to make sure that we had the money to be able to fund manufacturing. You know, now we are a, a working entity with a, a bank account and we're able to facilitate those things and do things like our Arsenal meetup car, called Harkland Gooners, which the fifth iteration is happening over Labor Day weekend. Uh, in 2023, where people uh, we've had people fly in from London, and people fly in from all over the United States. Uh, it really is. I mean, it's, it's been incredible. It's been incredibly gratifying. I am the unelected branch manager. You know, it's one of those things where when you found something, I guess you sort of have right of first refusal uh, to be able to keep running it. And they haven't kicked me out yet, and they haven't deposed me and inserted somebody else. So, you know, about 12 years on, I'm still feeling very confident in my ability to do it. Uh, as far as attendance, it sort of still defies explanation at times where I still have people DM me through our various social media channels, which are all at KC Gooners, and ask me whether or not the bar is going to be open for a match. The bar is always open for every match, barring some Kansas City-related craziness. Uh, we've been open for basically every match for the last decade, and we're working towards something similar for the, the women's matches as well once we... Yeah, it's difficult, and I would encourage anyone who's listening to this that has an interest in women's soccer and perhaps an interest in Arsenal as well uh, to get in touch with us, to follow us, because what we're really trying to do, uh, we need to make it financially viable for the pub to open at sometimes 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday. And that support, people getting out of bed, people taking that time, people coming, you know, maybe not so much for the men's team because we have... We have this group that comes all the time, and that's important. But getting that installed user base is incredibly important because it demonstrates to the pub that that we have those numbers, that it will make money, that it's cost effective for them. Because it's not it's not charity, right? That relationship goes absolutely both ways. And I will say one of the things that would really help is for the FA to get its act together and to stop scheduling two p.m. Wednesday matches between the first and second place team in the table. Uh, we said we had a really great collective for the Man City match, but it has been incredibly frustrating as a branch manager because it doesn't really consider the impact in global markets. When yep. it's 8 p.m. in the U.K. on a Wednesday, and that's great, but 2 p.m. on a Wednesday in the U.S. on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday 
uh, for non-midweek matches. So when they created that Friday match, it, it's been a real drag because that's just a it's a non-starter for us. It's a little bit easier on a Friday than a Monday because people can take maybe a yeah. early weekend. But yeah, it's been a significant factor in decreasing attendance for those matches as well. Yeah, makes total sense. But you know, for anybody listening that is that has to become a fan maybe in the last few years of the NWSL, um, I know a lot of people like whether or not they watch a lot of women's soccer. I think pretty much everybody has watched the women's national team compete in the Olympics over in the World Cup over the last couple of decades. Um, but the increasing interest in the NWSL and what those players are doing, you know, in between the every four years in which they're competing uh, on the global stage. Start tuning in. I mean, uh, everybody now, I think, has a Paramount Plus account that follows the NWSL because that's where you catch those games. But you can watch so many other leagues, so many other incredible female players and athletes around the world who then you'll get to watch and know when they do compete in the World Cup against you know, some of the players you watch in the NWSL for the U.S. Women's National Team. So I uh, would encourage anybody, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Voice, we can talk more about it. But uh, that's really exciting. I'm pumped about it and look forward to like continuing to increase my Arsenal fandom. It was it was further solidified going over uh, to London at the end of last year and going to a couple of games, which was, I don't perk of um, being in or a member of the KC Gooners, but it definitely, I guess, increases your chances of being able to make a connection over there to help you get tickets and have a really amazing experience. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I'm happy to get into how that whole relationship started yeah. in 2013. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that story is uh, crazy. I went over for my 30th birthday, and the first match that I actually saw was Arsenal versus Norwich. Uh, it was on April 13th of 2013, just ingrained in my memory. At that time, Kai Kamara actually played for Norwich. Um, the ageless Kai Kamara. The going to be playing football until he's in his 50s, Kai, Kai Kamara. And for every MLS team from A to Z. Uh, <laughs> and I had gotten that ticket through Sam Perrin, uh, who is a wonderful Arsenal supporter in Kansas City. He was kind enough to be able to help me get a ticket. And I also, part of the reason that I'd selected that week, other than the fact that my birthday is April 17th, is that on the 16th, there was another home match against Everton, and I had been able to secure, which is something that you can't do now, uh, a red membership ticket to that match uh, when they played Everton and Tim Howard. And I had gone to the Norwich match, and I had posted a couple photos on the Casey Gunner's Twitter account, and an individual by the name of Ash Kumar, uh, who lived in London for a little while, had gone to the University of South Carolina for undergrad and lived in Overland Park, Kansas at the time, DM'd me through the Casey Gunners account was like, hey, I see that you're in London. I have a massive friend group there. You should sell your ticket to the Everton match, sight unseen, and go meet a very tall man outside of the Arsenal tube stop. And then he will take you to a house and you will get a ticket and you will go to the match. And I was like, that sounds absolutely chaotic. When in the world will I even meet them? And he's like, you could, you just need 30 minutes. And I was like, let me get this all straight from a logistics standpoint. You're telling me to arrive 30 minutes early pre-kick that I'm going to meet someone who's very tall, who I have never seen before, and that I am then going to go to a flat to pick up a ticket. I'm going to have a beer at that flat because I don't have enough time. And then I'm going to be able to get into the match 10 minutes pre-kick that's ridiculous. I'm going to do all of those things in 20 minutes. I was like, this is impossible. You're crazy. Why would I do this? And 
he legitimately just DM me back and said, trust me. So I sold my tickets. I met this very tall six foot six gentleman named Jared Barton, uh, outside of the Arsenal tube stop. He took me two blocks in, uh, to the house of an individual named Mark as a party. I had a Peroni and I was inside the house. I was inside the Emirates within 20 minutes. Mark lives across the street from the entry into Highbury, which is the old Arsenal stadium that was retired in the early to mid two thousands. And, you know, I went over there. I did that. I took that ticket. It was a miserable nil nil draw. Uh, Giroud missed one of the Jillian chances that he missed during the, his time with Arsenal. And I won't say that I thought that that was it. Um, but I was very thankful for the experience. I, I really loved everyone that I met. And at that time, I had told them, listen, I really want to go to a North London Derby when they announced the fixtures in June. Just think of me. And they were like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Um, And all the months passed by. You know, I was still in contact with them through WhatsApp, but months kept passing by, and I kept sort of foregoing the experience and just thinking, okay, well, that's sort of the end of that, and I'll have to figure my way back in to Arsenal later. And nine days before the North London Derby, which was over Labor Day weekend in September of 2013, I got a message from Jared and he was like, we have a ticket for you. All you have to do is get over here. And I was like, I don't know how I'm the, I don't have money for this. Like, I, how am I going to pay for a $2,000 ticket to London I, on nine days notice? Where am I going to stay? What am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, this is ridiculous. And ultimately, I ended up having a mediation in Chicago that required my presence. So I was already in Chicago the weekend, the Friday before Labor Day. And I realized that when I had done my last semester of law school in Tokyo in 2008, I still had United reward miles in my account. And I used 90,000 United award miles to fly over Friday evening. I got in on Saturday morning. I had a uh, <laughs> a hostel on Earl's Court that I stayed in for two nights. I went to the North London Derby on Sunday. We won one nil. I barely slept. I then left on Monday morning, and it just so happened that all the players were going on international duty, and I took what is a very miserable photo with Wojciech Chesney, who I ran into at Heathrow. And uh, I looked exhausted, but absolutely thrilled. Um, I got out. I told him, thank you for saving all of the goals, which is the most asinine thing I think I've ever said to anybody ever. And then I got on a plane and came back. Uh, and from that point forward, I think I, I passed whatever sort of gauntlet they had for me in terms of demonstrating that I was serious and barring the pandemic I've been over once or twice a year every year since I've seen I think seven North London derbies uh somewhere between 15 and 20 matches cup finals at Wembley um it's been a weird weird world for the last decade you're listening to KC Sports Network we'll be right back after this Incredible, and can attest to the like. All right, I guess 
we're doing this uh, kind of feeling when we, Tom and I similarly went and our tickets from Mark's flat, walked over and, you know, there you go. That's the, uh, that's the, uh, that's the way it goes here. That's how we're doing this. Okay. We'll trust the process. Uh, and it worked out. And then we're also able to get tickets um, from a friend who is part of the Chelsea supporters group to get tickets to the Chelsea Arsenal games. We had to go kind of incognito uh over to that game dressed very neutrally weren't you know outwardly cheering for you know we were keeping a, a very reserved i guess kind of demeanor um at that game but an incredible experience so cool to you know get to do that and it only like i said earlier kind of furthered our fandom um and like just it, it's a one-of-a-kind experience so I encourage anybody uh if they're ever making the trip over to london to check it out because I think that um, <laughs> I, I just I think it was just one of a kind. I want to go back so bad and uh, do it all over again. But I'm glad oh. it's it's been weird. It's one of those things. Sort of the last thing on this topic area. One of the things that makes me happiest in the world is being able to send people over to meet that group that has basically become my family, a significant part of my life. Some of the people that I love the most in this world. And subjecting people to not only the opportunity to go see Arsenal, but a chance to spend an evening with them. And I just sent a friend over for the Chelsea match this week uh, for his very first match at the Emirates. And they took very good care of him and we won 3-1. And it's, you know, it's been the, the biggest privilege, I think, out of all of this has been able to see the, the smiles on people's faces and the level of thankfulness to just be able to facilitate that from a group who has been so incredibly kind to me beyond description who harbors me in their house who treats me sort of between their age and their children's age so i'm sort of operating within the middle but it, it's it's been one of the greatest privileges of my life and something that i i don't really know how to repay or even really put into words but it's uh it's wonderful to hear that from you and i'm really glad that i got to help you and talk the best we appreciate you it has been so cool kind of you know finding this like here in kansas city a place that we're both like transplants here. So, you know, finding um, more and more like little networks of, of people who share similar passions is, you know, what it's, that, that is community, right? Like finding like-minded people who are interested in the same things that you are. And so we are so proud to be a part of Casey Gooners. It's been really fun. I look to just only kind of have that fandom grow um, over the years. And even though it took me a little bit because of my, maybe uh, frustrations towards Stan Crocky for when I lived in, you know, grew up in St. Louis and everything that happened with that. We don't need to get into it, but we moved past it. We put those things behind us. You're uh, talking to a University of Kansas graduate. You think you have a problem with Stan Crocky? Like, yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. We, uh, yeah, but we moved past that and it's been, um, it's been really fun cheering on this team, especially this season and, and look forward to hopefully more years, but there's always going to be down years too, right? And that's where uh, maybe the the viewers are a little bit more helpful when we are uh, watching at Johnny's Tavern. So not anytime soon. No down years anytime soon. No, only on the up and up. So if you're listening, you're interested in finding out more about the Casey Gooners, um, reach out at Casey Gooners on social media. You can get in touch with Voice through that platform or just find them directly. But there are also support groups for other. English Premier League teams as well uh, who gather around the city. So if you are looking into the teams and maybe Arsenal's not your thing, 
that's okay. We won't uh, hold it against you, but just know that this is something uh, that is available here and is a great way to just kind of grow your interest and love of the game and watch some really exciting and fun sports here in Kansas City that aren't necessarily anything to do with the Kansas City teams. So, I will say uh, we've been very thankful. I will say that we will always claim the initial spot as the first EPL supporters group, first functional EPL supporters group in Kansas City, Missouri, and we like to maintain that historical status. But even Spurs, uh, who watch it Strange Days and, you know, Manchester City, who have started to watch at the Press Penny and, and Liverpool, who I believe are a chicken pickle, chicken and pickle, all of those watch parties, all of those supporters groups, what they do is make us stronger as a community. And hopefully, to the extent that anybody from NBC is listening to this, uh, they realize that the Midwest is actually a fairly solid location for a fan fest one of these days where Chicago has been denied that opportunity, Kansas City to sell the NFL drafts. Um, we're completely capable of doing that, and we have a pretty significant local population of EPL fans. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think it's one of those things where one of these days, I think we just might get it. That would be absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah, really cool to see Kansas City putting itself on the map like that, showing that they can, you know, host and, and be a ideal place for fans to gather for for sport and um i mean the world cup watch parties have shown that on, on the soccer scale but you know just even uh increase things like championship parades the draft etc so uh exciting time to be in kansas city especially now with the world cup coming in 2026 as well we've got conversations on soccer talk about the world cup coming in 2026 so be sure to go check out our youtube channel kcsn soccer to check out those conversations and of course all the other great soccer coverage here on KC Sports Network. Boys, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today to talk all uh, all things Casey Gooner. So cool to hear your uh, story as well. Soccer origin stories are another big focus here on Soccer Talk. So it was great to hear yours. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it. All right. There we go. Boyce Richardson, everybody at Casey Gooners. Check it out. Come join us, drink some beers. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.